Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. In this episode, I have the amazing Yolanda Boyrin here with me, and I'm super excited. Yolanda is someone who has done some work with me a couple times in the past, and she's also now a really good friend and amazing sales and money and manifestation coach. And I'm super pumped to have her on the podcast. I believe she was on a while back, and it's time for a refresh. So Yolanda is also a human design genius, and she loves combining her magic with human design, sales, and money to support spiritual entrepreneurs with taking their business to the next level and beyond. So Yolanda is a spiritual business coach for driven entrepreneurs that is that are looking to combine practical sales and marketing strategies along with energetics. As a human design expert and coach, she has been able to grow her business to a seven-figure brand, and she also helps certify other coaches in the same modality while significantly increasing their sales and income, all from a place of alignment without the hustle. So on this vibe with Yolanda. And I'm excited for you to listen in and soak up the human design and sales codes that we go into that she shares in here. And I can't wait to hear what you get out of it. So make sure you check out the show notes so that you also know where to connect with Yolanda after this and hit us up on Instagram to let us know when you listen and what you get out of this episode. So without further ado, let's welcome Yolanda onto the show. Welcome to the show, Yolanda. I'm super pumped to have you here. You were on a while back and it's been a hot minute and I'm excited for what is going to open up today through our conversation. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be back. Yeah, I know you've been, I don't remember the last time I had you on, but you've been delving way deeper into human design since then, of course. And I just love the way that you have been bridging it with sales and business and everything like that. Would you be open to sharing? Because I know you didn't always do human design with your stuff. Yeah, it was in the beginning, it was just me learning about me. And I think that's the difference is like, I really felt like I started mastering my own energetics. Now I'm human. Of course, I have my moments where, you know, we all fall out of the best way to operate for us. But yeah, I think that's what really led to that. Mm. Was was there like a huge shift in your business and like the work that you're doing when you started really embodying it? Oh my gosh. Do you want, do you want to know that story? I just I would re- love that story. Cause like I've been talking about human design more on the podcast and 
I just, you know, you've been doing your thing. For those listening, Yolanda's an amazing money coach and she teaches sales and human design, but you've been doing your thing. And I wanna, I wanna hear what shifted from like pre-human design nerding out to all right, this is it. <laughs> well, actually, okay. So pre-human design nerding out for me was actually when I was in real estate and selling clothing online. So I, let me back up. I sold real estate for 10 years, um, had a really traumatic experience. My son attempted suicide um, while we were getting him care, you know, doctors, things like that, diagnosis. Um, I started reselling clothing online because I had no capacity for um, real estate clients. Like I just could not. And so when I started this business, I don't, you know, I'm just like you. I don't believe in coincidences. I just feel like everything's a synchronicity. Synchronicity. It's unfolding as it's supposed to. And so I actually, my first real month in business when I decided, okay, this is what I'm doing. I had, this is the funny story. I just opened up about this story not too long ago. So I had a human design reading with someone and then I had my little vape pen, you know? And so after I was taking massive notes during my reading and it just, everything just landed with me. I was like, oh my gosh, yes. These are all of the things that I know about myself that I haven't been allowing to come out, you know? And so I started hitting my vape pen and the crazy thing is like, it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't hit. And so I wound up taking like one big puff, really big. And all of a sudden stuff, like I had to turn my phone off. I had to do like, I was massively high accidentally. Like I used to do it for anxiety because I, people don't know this about me, but I'm actually very introverted my profile is two five. So that leading energy being mm -hmm. the two, the hermit. And so I got high and I grabbed my notebook and my pen and I just started like writing. This is what people need to hear. This is what, and it was like this fearlessness. Mm -hmm. And the next day I decided, okay, I'm going to start saying this. And I felt so scared to show up authentically me, even though I had this big epiphany the day before through my reading, through, you know, everything that was coming through for me. And then I, um, I decided, okay, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna post it. What, what do I have to lose? And that's when people started hiring me is mm -hmm. when I really started letting that out. And it was inspired by, you know, my chart. And so like very early in this business, I feel like is when that started happening for me. And I just felt like, oh, this is working. I need to find out more. So then I booked another reading with someone else, learned out, learned even more about myself. And then I hired a human design coach. Mm -hmm. And again, like I wasn't doing this intentionally to teach others about this, but I was really just focused on me and mastering my own energy. And so like I said, I mean, I've, I've had definite moments in my business where I've fallen out of that. You know, I feel like our undefined energies are where we're absorbing other people's energy. And we believe that those are our thoughts and those are our beliefs. And it's really easy to get caught up in, is this my belief? It like you, you start operating like other people. And so that's when I start distancing myself. And I know you and I had a talk recently, where I was like, right? 
MG. MG, Minnick. Yeah. And so I know you and I recently had a talk where it's like, I had to unfollow everybody Mm -hmm. last year. And I was like, no, I need to be in my own message. I need to be in my own thoughts. Like, I don't want to be. I thought about doing that before. Yeah. I think it's really important every now and then, you know, I, it's I like definitely go through my stuff and, but then I'm like, oh man, like, I don't want to, cause like, I, I feel like I actually do have a lot of co- like connections with people, but yeah. Yeah. I, I, and then recently I was thinking about, oh, maybe I'll add more people back, you know, that I genuinely like you're one of the very, you're, actually you're one of the only two coaches that I follow that said that. You know, yeah, like my my clients, I follow my clients because I give them feedback on their content. But um, I was like, maybe I'll add more people. And I was like, no, 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 I need to yeah. be in my own energy. It's most powerful when I am just truly with me. Mm. I love that that share of like you just sh- learning about your design and just kind of going for it in the sense of being unfiltered. And like, yeah. that's a lot of what I share about. Um, around embodying your star power and your magnetism is just unapologetically just being like showing up in this take it or leave it energy. Like this is who who I am and what I have to fucking say. And yeah. um, it can be scary to do that for sure. And, and it can bring up different things at different parts on our journey too. Yeah. And, you know, I grew up with, you know, my, my mom telling me, of course she was just trying to look out for me, but my mom always told me like, people are going to judge you based on the way that you dress, the way that you carry yourself, the way that you speak. And then going into a career like real estate, I mean, you know, that is something that I felt like I had to be buttoned up. I had to be professional. I had to be a a certain version of me that wasn't necessarily who I always am, you know, around friends or at home. And so going into this business, I had a lot of that deconditioning to do to fully allow myself to be who I am without, you know, it being my mom's version or the real estate version or the professional version. It was like, no, what message do you really want to leave with the world? Mm. Has your message evolved a lot over the last few years since you have started or expanded? I, th- I mean, me personally, I think it definitely has. I think, um, and you know, plant medicine is a huge part of my life too. So I think that was another catalyst to like really unleashing things. Um, I am a very direct, bold, tell it like it is type of person. So I think in the beginning, my message was very like, rawr, you know, throat chakra on fire. And then I think plant medicine really kind of helped me start letting some of the guards down. And so Mm -hmm. I am very sarcastic and again, still direct and everybody tells me, Yolanda, calm your throat chakra down. So that part of me still shows, but I think there's still, there's a little bit more um, unleashing happening, I guess. Nice. When did you get into plant medicine? Can I tell the story? You can tell whatever story you want. Okay. So I started researching plant medicine when I got into this business. So that was what, maybe three and a half, four years ago. And you were the first person to introduce. Oh, shit. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure if I was the first. <laughs> yeah, you were. You wow, were. that's so cool. Yeah. And so I did my journey with you. And then after that, um, I started getting uh, into ayahuasca. And so I've done 
several journeys with ayahuasca and of course psilocybin. I've done, I've done numerous, you know, I've done Bufo, I've done MDMA, I've done, I've done quite a bit, but ayahuasca is like my go-to and that's the one that I have sat with, you know, more, more times than anything. Beautiful. And I'm sure you got tons of downloads and stuff for your business as, as well through that healing and expansion yeah. through that. You know, it's, it's like, um, layers shedding off and it's not necessarily like I'm going in it and getting downloads specifically for my business. It's just, I'm truly becoming more of me, Mm -hmm. even though, you know, I said like during that human design reading, like I was like, I'm just going to let it all go. And I, I feel like we do to an extent. Right. And then it's like every year we're experiencing new things every month we're experiencing new things. So it's, going deeper and deeper every time into who am I? And the the great part for me about being an MG is I get to change my mind about so many things, right? Like, especially in business, it's like one minute I want to talk about this and the next minute I want to talk about this and the next minute I want to talk about that. And so it's truly allowing myself, combining human design and plant medicine, it's truly allowing myself to just freely be without the expectations of this is what it looks like. Mm. when you work with other people, do you bring those elements in for them too, as far as like the combining their human design with different spiritual practices, or do you mainly focus on like sales? Yeah. So we definitely bring in all of the aspects. So what I like to do is I like to look at someone's chart and I'm, I'm huge on sales psychology. So obviously I was in sales since I was 18 years old and then, um, getting into real estate, you know, I dove deeper into sales. And so I know a lot of the concepts and so taking those and then combining that with your chart and saying, okay, this is the easiest way for you to market. This is the easiest way for you to get in front of people. This is how you're actually going to sell and how you're actually going to connect. So when I'm looking at somebody's chart, I'm looking at it like a story. It's not just one of the things that I, you know, I I hesitate to say it. It's not that I hate what other people are doing. It's just that I think that people get fixated on this one thing like, oh, I'm a manifesting generator, so I can only do this or I should be doing this. And that's limiting you, right? Like that's still limiting you. And that's not the purpose of human design. And so what I look at is your chart altogether tells Mm -hmm. an entire story. And so that's why I don't put information out, like general information on my Instagram about like, if you have gate this, that means this. It's like, I'm really looking at the entire version of you and getting to know you and then combining that with a marketing and sales strategy. Mm, Yeah. Cause there is a lot that goes into the charts that not a lot of people really maybe understand than just like the type or the profile or the defined or undefined. Yeah. 1000%. And so I think that that can be misleading for people because then they're like, oh, but I'm a generator, so I should be doing things this way or... And that's not necessarily true because even I'll use my chart as an example. I have um, an undefined Ajna, which is, you know, I'm not a very opinionated person. I'm very go with the flow, live and let live. But I also have gate 43, which is unique opinions and insight. So it's like, yeah, so you might, and I know you're an undefined Ajna too. So it's Mm -hmm. like, 
it's very like, yeah, do what you want to do. But then every now and then when I have an opinion, it's a strong one and it's going to pack a mean punch. And so I just feel like that, you know, can be looked at as somewhat as a contradiction and people don't understand how to work with that energy. They're just looking at, oh, I'm an undefined Ajna. So this means I should be like this. And yeah, you have to tie it all in together. Mm. I'm curious if you're like uh, where your gate 43 is. Mine is actually in the, um, the the conscious Mercury, I think. So that's how I'm actually meant to communicate my message. I don't remember. And I, that's a good thing, but I don't remember what mine is. When I learned that of like, oh, the conscious Mercury is how you're meant to share your message or communicate. And mine is all about insights. I was like, oh, <laughs> well, I have a I think I could share a lot of insights, <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. I, I hear you sometimes share about, like I, I saw one of your posts and I think you said it quickly here um, around the open centers and the defined centers. How does, how would you, if you can, if you can share a little bit, like when it comes to sales or selling, like you say something like sell to the open centers or I'll let you take it from there and you do your thing. Yeah. So this is where I call them your profit centers. Mm. So your undefined centers have the ability to be your most profitable. And the reason being is when you think about it, your undefined centers are where you're tapping into other people's energy, right? So if I, which I am an undefined solar plexus. So now I can feel the things that you're feeling, the things that you're not saying, but I'm like, Hey, no, there's something deeper here. Let's go here. Right. So it's like, I get to understand you on a deeper level there, no matter what mask, no matter what guard you have up. Like I really get to tap into who you are there. And when we market, like first, let me say marketing and selling is two different things. A lot of people don't understand that. Marketing is how you get in front of somebody, how you grab their attention. Selling is how you get them into your world, how you get them into the container. So these are two totally different perspectives, right? So when you're marketing, if I'm speaking to the thing that you're like, oh my gosh, like when you read a post and you're like, oh, she's speaking to me. Oh, I've struggled with that. Or, oh, I've experienced that. Or, oh, I'm ready for that. That's when we have the most profit because people want to feel seen. They want to feel heard. They want to feel like, oh yes, that is the solution to the thing that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. And then when we think about selling from your defined centers, your defined centers are who you are no matter what, besides possibly conditioning, right? Like I've had people who are defined throats who are operating as an undefined throat, for example. They're scared to speak their truth. They're scared mm -hmm. to you know, show up and say, this is, this is what it is for me. So, but your defined centers are who you are at your core. That doesn't shift. That doesn't change. So when you're selling, you're selling self-mastery. You're selling, okay, this defined energy is me, who I am without trying, like I'm walking into the room. This is the energy that I bring. So that is the energy that people are looking to complete, right? So if they're undefined, they're looking for okay, this is the solution and this person has embodied this. This person has mastered this. So that's where I say market from your undefined, sell from your defined. So market from the undefined, meaning uh, like you, uh, you can understand what they may be going through because yes. you have them undefined. Yes. And then sell from your defined, 
uh, how can you give an example of what that might look like? So, okay. For instance, I am a defined G center and defined throat. And so my podcast is my highest earning, um, sales technique, I guess you would say, or, you know, how, how I get in front of people. So it kind of sounds like marketing, but it's a thing that converts people into clients for me, but it's so natural. It's so effortless for me because the G center is a space for self-love and self-worth, right? So it's like, people always come to me and they're like, how are you so confident? How, how do you have this? And again, I'm human. I have my moments, you know, but it, it comes from that defined G center. So on my podcast, I'm speaking from my throat, utilizing that defined center, but also speaking from my defined G center and telling you, Hey, this is also a part like self-love self-worth is also a part of growing your business. It goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So when I give that message, it's funny because anytime I share a personal story about that, like though that's when my DMs start blowing up. Hey, I listened to your podcast and this this episode really resonated. How do I work with you? Nice. Very cool. And it's it's interesting to see how it all works together. And also like as I'm hearing you, I'm like thinking about the way that I do things or you know, what I naturally flow with. I have a defined G center as well, open throat though. And you talk a lot about self-love though, which is the defined G center. Confidence and embodying your conviction. Yeah. Yeah. And I would bet that those are the things that really resonate with your people because that's your whole message in my opinion. It is. I mean, it it definitely is my message for sure. And I do speak to the open uh, uh, ego center a lot though, because I mean, mine's open. Wait, you said- so then you want to talk to the defined. So this is a defined ego center. So yeah, where you're oh, open. I, I get what you're saying. You're talking understand. to the opposite. Because when you think about it, like energy naturally wants to be fulfilled. It naturally wants to be complete, right? So wherever you're, def- now this isn't 100% the rule across the board, mm-hmm. but if you look at your client's charts, wherever you're defined they're probably going to be undefined. Mm -hmm. Wherever you're undefined, they're probably going to be defined because energy is looking for balance. So if you're an undefined, um, what did you say? Ego, Mm -hmm. you want to speak to the defined ego, which the defined ego is somebody, when you think about it, they're somebody who's like, I can do it all by myself. I can get it all done. I'm just going to commit. I'm going to burn myself out. Like obviously when they're operating in shadow, right? And they're overdoing it. That's not if they're in balance. So for you being undefined, you're bringing that sense of balance to them of saying, hey, it's okay to walk away from this for a minute and come back to it later. You're not giving up on it because I've had a client who is a defined G center. She lives in Oklahoma and a tornado hit her house and she was working her nine to five and she was still outside her house, like telling her boss, hey, I'm going to get those reports to you. Like that's the defined ego is like, I'm going to get it at all costs. And so they can really tend to burn themselves out. So the undefined ego is like, Hey, how can you delegate? How can you find balance? How can you come back to this at a better time? It doesn't have to all be done today right now. And also the undefined ego struggles a lot with like the proving themselves though, too. Proving themselves to themselves though. It's like, 
The undefined ego is the person who's like competing with other people when they're in shadow. The defined ego is like, I've got to be better than who I was three minutes ago. I've got to be better than who I was yesterday. So yeah, they apply a lot of pressure to themselves. Mm, and a lot of people have that, un- more people have that undefined than defined. I Yeah, I think it's like 60, 40, like 60 undefined, 40 defined, I think. Nice. Very interesting. There's so much to learn about human design. Have you gotten into gene keys yet at all? I'm, I just started. I'm not, an, I'm not an expert. I have read mine. Oh my gosh, Steph. Do you not remember the message that I sent you? What? When? I was after the journey that we did. The the in the very a while ago? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. what was that? Four years ago? Yeah. Three years, three and a half years ago. I, we had our journey and then I remember being on a plane. I think I was, yeah, I was heading to get certified in NLP and I was on the plane and I messaged you because I was reading the Gene Keys book. I was reading oh, Gene Keys and it actually coincided with my journey and what came up for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. That's crazy that I just remembered that because you brought up the book. Yeah, yeah. I just started getting. I have the, I've had the book for like three years. Never looked. <laughs> at, I mean, I looked at it in the beginning, but I was like, oh, this is this is a lot. And now that I've, I feel like I've gotten a nice handle on human design for myself, and the way that I guide people with human design feels good. Um, I'm always going to be learning and expanding and growing. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready to dive into gene keys a little bit. And so I've been working through my own sequences in there, not working through. I just, I literally just, just started and, um, I'm finding it pretty fucking fascinating. Well, you'll have to help me with mine because like (laughs) when I look at it, I'm like, this is a lot. (laughs) It, it, It is a lot. But if you think about it like this, the gene keys are basically all of the gates in human design. Like there's 64 gene keys, there's 64 gates. And so every, so say you have gate, whatever the gate of insight, 43, right? Mm-hmm. So if you look up gene keys, 43, that would be that. Gotcha. So Called something different. Does that make sense? Yeah. But, but in gene keys, there's different sequences. There's the prosperity sequence. There's a, um, your golden path sequence. And then there's the Venus sequence, love, money, and like your life path. It's pretty cool. I just started last week, guys, and I'm already like baby expert status. (laughs) (laughs) Not really, but um, yeah, I like sharing things as I learn it. So I'll keep it in the loop. Yeah, I guess I need to start diving into it more now. Mm -hmm. You just read it and contemplate and let it sink in. It speaks to your DNA. Mm, Nice. Well, it definitely did on my plane ride. That's why I was messaging you from however many thousands of feet away. (laughs) (laughs) That's wild. I can't believe that was probably, I can't believe that was four years ago, even though it does feel like it was a while ago. It feels like it was a lifetime ago, but at the same time, time flies too. Yeah. It it feels, yeah. Wow. Super cool. So how... um, I want to get into like the money talk too, because I know you're like Miss Money Vibes over here and everybody loves hearing about money and abundance and manifestation. Let's do it. Uh, what are some of your, um, I guess, personal beliefs and ways that you support people with allowing in more abundance 
through sales and through their mindset. Yeah. So because I know you kind of have solid beliefs yourself around this, which is probably super helpful for the people that are in your world. I do. And, you know, and I think that, I mean, I know, not I think, I know that that's what attracts a lot of people to me, right? Is um, I have this belief that was formed when I was four years old. And I'm not kidding, like four years old, because I come from a single mom. Um, she had, you know, three kids she was raising my brother and my sister, my sister's 12 years older than me. My brother's 14 years older than me. And when I was little, I mean, we were, we were very poor. We were very, very poor. We lived in a two bedroom, um, little, it was like a little townhouse thing, but there were seven people living in this two bedroom. And so in one bedroom, we had two beds and it was my sister and I and my mom sharing that room. And then in the other bedroom, again, my brother's 14 years older than me. So um, he was already like 18 or 19 at the time, I think. Um, he had him, his girlfriend, and then his son living in that room. And then I had a cousin who rented basically the couch from my mom. And it was not, you know, the best neighborhood. Um, and we would go to the store, like the only way that I ate dinner was because my mom would take me to my grandmother's house and that, you know, I ate dinner there Mm. and, um, I ate breakfast at my grandmother's house. I ate dinner at my grandmother's house. Lunch was reduced lunch. And, um, I would go to the store with my mom, the grocery store. And I remember this specific time I would do this all the time, but this one specific time at four years old, like I brought this thing that was like a dollar, I think it was like one of those paper doll things, you know, Mm -hmm. the cutouts. Mm -hmm. And I was like, mom, I really want this. And she said, we don't have the money for that, Yolanda. And I remember getting so frustrated because I had constantly heard that from her. We don't have the money. We don't have the money. We don't have the money. And at four, I didn't understand. My mom was raising, you know, three kids by herself. Mm -hmm. And, um, So I remember getting this attitude and internally I took on this belief of when I grow up, I'm going to be the girl that gets whatever she wants. Mm. And that really changed me. I, you know, again, I'm an MG and so I have lots of energy to give and very creative and kind of off the walls, you know? And so I started selling my toys out in front of my grandmother's yard, like a toy sale. And I used to make this like cardboard sign toy sale. <laughs> and then um, I would collect cans because back then recycling was the huge thing. You know, you collect the cans, take it to the recycling center, get money. And so what's funny is my grandmother used to have this um, trash bag that she hung in the kitchen for me because she knew I wanted the cans. So she would have sodas there for everyone. And then they would be told, hey, when you're done, put this in this bag for Yolanda. And then I realized I was like, why am I just waiting for my family to give me cans? I can go around the neighborhood and collect Mm -hmm. cans. And then so I started doing that. And then one day she told me, I don't remember this. How old were you at this point? I was four. Oh, wow. Still. Okay. This was like between four and five. And again, I don't remember this, but she told me, she was like, do you remember that you asked me to take you around the neighborhood to collect cans? 
And she was like, you wanted to dumpster dive for cans. And I was like, what? That doesn't even sound like me. Like my very first job was at Dairy Queen and they asked me to scrub the inside of the trash cans and I quit. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, this is not for me. So I just thought that was hilarious. And so I was always doing stuff like that. And I really think that's what paved the way for the mindset that I have with money And so my belief is, you know, in real estate, I made a lot of money. I made multi six figures a year, but I did it through a lot of hustle. It was a lot of burnout. It was a lot of hustle working six days a week. Most of the time, sometimes seven, 10 to 12 hour days. It's a very demanding job. People think it's like the easiest thing on the planet. I don't know why they think that. Um, But, you know, when I was in real estate, it was hustle mode. And so when I started this business, finding human design really changed things for me. And then it it clicked to me. And now I use this saying with my clients, like you can't out hustle a bad money mindset. Like your, your belief has to align because when you don't have that belief behind you of I'm worthy of this amount of money, I'm worthy of receiving large amounts of money without having to burn out, without having to hustle. Well, guess what happens? You don't wind up receiving, you wind up resisting. And so I'm, I'm big on really reprogramming that money mindset, that money story, those money beliefs so that you can actually receive in an easier fashion. There was something else I was going to say about this and it just flooded my mind. But yeah, money mindset is, it's huge. It really is. And it's a big thing for a lot of people, all of the programming and the things that they grew up in. Um, I, I, I remember one of my first memories with money was uh, I didn't understand why my mom said stuff like that too. Like that she couldn't afford something. I was like, can't you just go to an ATM? <laughs> Oh my God. I, I literally <laughs> thought that ATMs were just like the money machine. You could just, you go in and you take out whatever you want. <laughs> That's hilarious because my mom tells me all the time that I used to say, can't you just write a check? And I she said was- that too. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get it. I like did not get it. I was like, what yeah. do you mean? Yeah. And so I just really think, you know, in order to receive, there has to be that energetic belief because I have a lot of people come to me Receiving is really easy for them, but then they lose it all. Mm-hmm. They blow it all, right? And they're on that roller coaster. And the reason people are on that roller coaster is because like the second that they start receiving, it's like, wait, can I handle this? Am I ever going to get more? I might as well reward myself now. I've got to spend, like, that's when money starts, you know, the the old quote, burning a hole in your pocket. And so when you believe that it's going to come to you consistently and in flow, there's overflow mm-hmm. to have and spend and enjoy. There's overflow to invest. There's overflow to save. There's overflow everywhere. And that's, a that's, uh, can you dive into that one piece a little tiny bit more? I feel like people would love that. The believing that it's going to continue to come. Yeah. I feel like so many people get into, um, lack mode because, and what they're really saying is they don't trust that it's going to keep coming. And they yeah. don't under, they don't realize that that's what's even happening. I've been there myself at times, and yeah. that statement was really powerful. So I really think that when you have belief, when you think about it from the perspective of hustle, right? Like when you're like, 
I don't know if it's ever going to come. So I'm going to get into hustle mode. I'm going to, you know, do the extra actions. I'm going to show up live 50 million times a week. I'm going to, you know, like that's you trying to out action your lack of belief. That's you trying to out action that. And so when you come to a point of realizing that your entire life, like literally your entire life, you have continued to receive money, like whether you've had the ups and the downs, not, we're not taking that into perspective right now, but you have continued to receive. And unless, unless it is your last day on earth, it will never be your last dollar. Even if you were homeless, you would still be receiving money. Like it's never going to be your last dollar. But I think what we associate money with is survival and safety. And so then we get into this mode of like, oh my gosh. Oh my God. And then, you know, I see this happen a lot, especially in the coaching industry of like people knowing, Hey, I want this thing. I want to go for this thing. It's not even necessarily about investing in the coach, right? Like we're taking that off the table. It's just, I want to go all in on my business. And then fear holds you back because then you're like, well, if I, you know, do this and then it fails, well, you've already lost that self-trust. You've already lost that self-belief. And the reality is like, if you believe that it's going to continue coming now, I'm not telling you to go out and spend consistently. If you don't have money coming in, that's not the whole point of this, but it's like your trust and belief that you will figure it out no matter what. Like Mm -hmm. I have clients when they have a hard time selling, especially parents, you know, I'm, I'm a mom. And I always, I always ask my clients if they're a parent, I'm like, if you had to make a sale today, Otherwise, your children would not eat. Do you think you can go out and make a sale? And they always say, yes, of course. If my children depended on it, if I had to feed them, I would figure it out. Mm. Because when we really want something, we get resourceful. But I think that when we're in that lack state of, is it going to come consistently? Is it going to come back? Is it, we get into this place of, we stop looking for the resourcefulness. We stop looking for the opportunities. Right. Exactly. It's like, and I've heard you say this and I use a similar thing. It's like, you know, the times where you have your glasses, your sunglasses on your head and you're like, where are my sunglasses? Where are my sunglasses? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like right there, or your phone is in your hand and you're like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Just the belief of, I don't have it. You're looking for your phone the whole time. It's been in your hand. (laughs) Yeah. It's wild how that can happen. Yeah. But it's it 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 I think it's also because when we're in like survival mode or like that lack fear vibe, then it, it's we're like the lower chakras, it's hard to, you know, connect to the possibilities and all of that. And that's why it's so important to master your mind and your energy. Yeah. Like I think about it like this. If I let's say I want to receive, I'm just going to throw out a random number. Let's say I want to receive $50,000 this month through my business, right? And it's like, I'm I'm focusing on, I want to receive that. Now that can go one of two ways. I can go to, oh my gosh, how is this going to happen? Oh my gosh, how is this going to happen? Or I can go to, okay, let's have fun. Let's show up. Let's do this thing, right? Like that's two different energies. And if I go to the how, guess what I'm doing? I'm giving all of my power to the lack. If I go to the, I don't know if this is going to happen. I don't know if it, you know, and yeah, I've been there too. 
but that's giving all of your energy towards the lack versus you could literally just give your energy towards the thing that you want. And then that's when I call, I I always ask my clients, are you manifesting obstacles? Are you manifesting opportunities? Hmm. You know, like when you're looking at lack, you're manifesting more obstacles because your belief is it's not going to happen. So your reticular activating system is looking for more things to show you it's not going to happen. Or you can manifest opportunities by saying, yeah, I, I know it's going to happen. I don't have to worry. I'm willing to take aligned action. I'm willing to try things. And I think the biggest thing holding people back is their fear of failure, their fear of getting it wrong. And what most people forget to think about is that we're always failing. We're always getting it wrong because that's where the growth is. Mm. That's deep right there. Like, I know you work out, I work out too, you know, and I just told my mastermind this. It's like the way that a muscle is built, it has to be like the fibers have to get ripped in your muscle and then the body comes in and repairs it and that's how it grows. But yet we're expecting growth while staying in a comfort zone, while staying in, you know, I'll just play here. I'll just play small. This is what I know. It's familiar. It's okay. And makes no sense. Yeah. I, I like always using the, the workout uh, analogy because, and I think actually a lot of my um, work ethic or whatever, a lot of my consistency, a lot of my perspective actually comes from working out because uh, it, it also, you can look at working out as, or manifesting more money as challenging and like super hard or like when it comes to working out, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's challenging, but I know it's, I'm growing from it. It's not like I'm like, it's a good challenge. It's a good thing. So perspective is everything. You know, it makes me think of, I don't know if you've ever watched that show. You're probably going to laugh. Have you ever watched that show? My 600 pound life? No, I don't think so. Okay. My husband, I don't know why he likes I might've seen something like that. If like a documentary style type thing. Yeah. I haven't owned a TV in a really long time. (laughs) I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. Since like 2012. Oh my gosh. Steph. (laughs) Yeah. I don't do TV. Okay. So, you know, it's taking, you know, obese people and it's, they're taking them to a doctor for weight loss surgery. Right. My husband is obsessed with this show. I really don't know why. My husband is not obese. So I really don't understand his obsession with this. But what happens is they follow along their journey and they get to the doctor and he always has one requirement. And basically what he's trying to do, he does tell them, you know, based on their size, he doesn't feel comfortable operating on them because of their heart. And I think that's one part of it. But I also think that he's trying to train them to create new habits with, you know, their food and their lifestyle and things like that. Mm -hmm. But they come to the first session and he'll say, okay, in 30 days, if you follow this diet and exercise plan, you should lose 30 pounds. And so he'll set up a appointment for them to come back. They come back and they haven't lost any weight. And he's like, what's wrong? And they're like, I didn't know what to do. And he's like, that's a lie. Cause I gave you the diet and the exercise plan. You have everything that you need. Mm-hmm. So he goes, okay, we're going to do this again. 30 days, come back. You should have lost 30 pounds. They come back again, still no progress. Wow. He usually gives them like two or three times. They could lose weight really fast at that size. Exactly. 
So then he gives them like two or three tries. And then he says, okay, I'm going to send you to a psychologist. And they always fight or a therapist, whatever. I don't know. They always fight it. They're like, I don't need that. I don't, I just need you to tell me what to do. And he's like, no, this isn't working. I've told you what to do. The second that they go and work on their mindset and their past traumas and their inner child and all of that, guess what starts happening? All of a sudden they start following the plan of what they're supposed to do. And it just made me think of, you know, because you said your work ethic and like everything comes from the mindset that you've built from working out. And it's, I think people don't understand how important your mindset and your beliefs are with your money, with your sales, with your income, with everything. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And that was one of my first tastes of personal development. I don't know if I, I don't know if you even know when I was 17, I lost 60 pounds and oh, yeah. I always thought I was just like, I just accepted that's how I was. And so once I decided to leave the abusive relationship I was in, my first thing was, well, I first need to get my mind in line. So I started meditating and working out at the same time. Mm. And uh, when I saw the weight come off and my body drastically changed at such a young age, it was a pretty big difference. Uh, That's when I realized I could do anything I put my fucking mind to. And like, that's where everything started. And so I think that it's, I mean, I know this weren't, we weren't even talking about working out and now we are, but like, I think that working out and having a, a regimen physically supports your, your mindset, supports your consistency, supports how you feel and ultimately what you attract in your life. I think it's a huge component. Yeah. And, you know, energetically for um, generators and manifesting generators, it's actually extremely important for us to burn off some of that energy through, it doesn't have to be like lifting weights or anything, but exercise is definitely like movement definitely is a part of supporting our energy. Yeah. And I'm sure the other types too, it just might look a little different. Yeah. Not as, not as like crazy, like projectors definitely wouldn't be like good for high intensity interval training. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what do you feel is like the ratio between mindset money mindset and like sales? strategy or whatever like if you were to say the ratio you know like because if someone's like feels like they have a good money mindset and they're still not you know seeing the sales or like I don't know does that question make sense yeah I I, okay I'm gonna go on a limb here and just give my best guesstimate and I'm gonna say it's 70 30 70 percent mindset 30 percent sales strategy. And the reason Mm -hmm. I, even my clients know, like I always talk about sales and marketing. Like it's the number one thing that I love. You could go to dinner with me and like, I'll just start talking about it because it's literally what I love. But I've had so many clients come to me and they're like, I've hired the marketing gurus. I've hired the sales gurus and I'm not making any money. And the second that we start working on their money mindset and their personal energetics, all of a sudden they're making money. I had one client and I won't name names um, in the sense of like who she hired, but the people that she hired know their stuff. Like Mm -hmm. they know marketing and sales inside and out. Like these are really good marketers. She hired them for 14 months. 14 months, she made zero sales. Mm. She signed up for one of my programs. 
And I had one conversation with her and I said, you have a money mindset story that we need to adjust. So in the program, they actually had access to this um, old program I used to run that reprograms the money mindset. She did that. Steph, her first week with me was $1,400. Her first month with me was $5,000 after going 14 months. That's wild. Sales. Yeah. That's wild. I, I've had a lot of people experience similar results from the the mindset and energetic work. It's like you can't even logically explain it because it's an, an energy and mindset thing. I feel like the strategy part is actually the easiest. And that's what I tell people. Like I say strategy is leverage because strategy is like it's kind of copy and paste, right? It's like I know if I do this, then I'm going to get sales. But if you don't have the energy and the belief behind that and the confidence, nobody's hiring you. Because here's the thing, whether I show up and say I have a money mindset issue or not, like that's not the problem, right? It's how I'm showing up, whether you consciously pick up on something's a little off with this person. Like it's usually not a conscious thing, but subconsciously you're like, eh, this doesn't feel right. And then you go on to the next person, right? So it's definitely an energy. Mm. Do you have any favorite sales strategy secrets on top of the energy stuff that you feel called to share? Or anything like you feel would be helpful for people to I receive? think the, the biggest thing, especially with spiritual entrepreneurs that I see, is that while you're selling from your heart, that is important, right? But you also have to consider that the consumer mind is processing information completely different than how excited you are about your offer. So this is something that I see in the industry a lot is like people are like, you're going to walk away more aligned. You're going to feel perfect. It's going to, you're going to feel fulfilled. You're going to feel in your purpose. And while those things are great, it doesn't necessarily make me pull out my credit card, right? It's like, do I need to pay you thousands of dollars to help me feel fulfilled and in alignment? Or can I go and I try different things by myself to do that, right? So it's like the consumer mind is thinking in very uh, in a very different perspective. The consumer mind, even though, and, and I'll put this into perspective. I know sales and marketing. I know it like the back of my hand, but even I buy from a consumer mind versus the thing that I know, right? So it's like I hire coaches all the time because I'm like, oh, their strategy seems cool. Oh, their marketing seems great. When I know deep down, I already know those things. It's the energy that I really need to work on, right? So it's like, I always tell people, you have to, and and this sounds kind of weird, but I'm going to break it down like my my grandson. I have a, a soon-to-be three-year-old grandson, and mm -hmm. I'm too young to have one. But anyways, that's besides the point. Um, Right now, he's in a phase. He does not, like, he's very picky about things. So if it looks weird, he doesn't want to eat it. He used to eat veggies all day long. Now, he does not want to touch them. If it's a different color, he doesn't want it right? But he still needs those nutrients. He still needs that fiber. So am I going to force him to eat the cauliflower on his plate and say, here, you have to shove this down your throat? Or am I going to give him 
cauliflower mac and cheese to where he thinks he's getting mac and cheese, but I'm still giving him the nutrients that he needs. Mm -hmm. And so the consumer mind is very much like that as well, right? It's like we buy the thing that we think we need versus the thing that is really the catalyst for where we want to be. So I think a lot of people are trying to sell mindset. It is important, but I think a lot of people are trying to sell mindset, alignment, things like that. When the consumer mind is actually looking for what's the tangible result that I'm going to get for this, that is worth my thousands of dollars. Mm. So true. And I feel like a lot of people in the transformational space though, in the spiritual space, um, sometimes struggle with actually conveying the tangibles because there could be a lot of different tangibles. Yeah. You know, yeah. I have um, a friend, she has, you know, I have 2000, 2100 followers on Instagram and I have a friend that she has a hundred thousand followers. And because she does not talk about the tangibles, she makes less money than me. Mm. Wow even though we've had this conversation numerous times, right? It's like, why doesn't she, why hasn't she started talking about the tangibles? I, you know, I think for some people, it's just what they want to talk about and that's great, you know, but just know that the consumer mind isn't necessarily connecting in that same way. Mm. Like when, like I talk about sales and marketing all the time. Again, we just said like the strategy is the easiest piece. So when somebody comes into my world, I am looking at their content. I am looking at how are you speaking to your person? How are you pitching? How are you, you know, talking about this? That is an important piece. But when they come into my world, we wind up having conversations of, oh my gosh, you know, this happened when I was a kid and now this is showing up here or, oh, this is happening in my relationship or, oh, my friend and I, this blah, blah, blah. And that's the stuff that's actually stopping them from showing up in their power and, you know, being authentic. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting also to think about how deep a lot of this goes. It's beyond just sales and money and all that. It's literally a healing journey too of remembering your power and working through all of the shit that's not actually you and knowing your worth. It's, It's a spiritual journey in and of itself. I always say like the entrepreneurial journey. And I think money also can be a great spiritual teacher as well. If you look at it that way, that it like you know, forces you in a way to look at your shit and let it go so that you could allow yourself to receive more. I think that entrepreneurship is the biggest self-healing journey that there is. You think it's bigger than relationships? I mean, I personally do. I mean, I don't know. I have a really good marriage, so I'm probably not the person to ask for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've had our ups and downs. We've been together since we were teenagers. But for me, I think entrepreneurship is the thing that tests you time and time again. And just when you think you're comfortable, you're back to being uncomfortable. And just when you think things are easy, it's back to being hard. Yeah. I, I love that the entrepreneurial journey is a spiritual journey. It's like such a cool medium to which you're able to expand and grow because it really, for those who are like really have that fire in them, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna grow. You're gonna do what it takes. You're going to, because it's like, at least for me, like you can't, I can't not. Yeah. I mean, when you're in it and you have a powerful mission and a desire to live your most epic life and make an impact with your gifts and share your message 
Like you're going to fucking do the work on yourself to make it happen. Yeah. I think of it how scared you are. I think of it in the, in terms of like expansion and contraction, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, there are going to be phases where you feel on top of the world. And then there's going to be phases where you feel, you know, down in the dumps and it's like, man, you're, you're questioning everything. And that's where, you know, I guess in my, in my marriage, I I will say this, like we've been together for 23 years now Mm -hmm. and we have such an open dialogue with one another. Like nothing is off the table and we don't judge each other. We respect, like we have a lot of different opinions, but we respect each other. So for me, that connection is very easy when you have someone that respects you and you respect them. So that's my comfort, right? Like that's the person I take the mask off with, but versus entrepreneurship is like, I feel like you're constantly having to take off a new mask of like, oh, this is, how I've been showing up, but is this really me? And as I'm growing, is this really me? Right? Like, so I don't know, to me, entrepreneurship, I feel tests my limits more than anything. Mm, I can so relate to the whole taking off the fucking mask thing. I've been, I've been talking about that a lot and I, I completely get it. Like there've been phases where I've, even though I feel like I show up pretty like authentically all the time, there are sometimes like, I guess when I go through another layer of growth, sometimes I'm like, well, I'm, this feels incongruent in the way that I'm showing up. And it's like, what what needs to shift? What do I need to say? What do I need to share? What do I need to express? What do I need to do so that it can feel more me? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as we get older, I think that we're constantly shifting our perspective on things. It's like truth is subjective you know? And so I think we're constantly being forced to look at what is my new truth. Yeah. I love that. I feel like we covered so much in this, like so many different directions and so many golden nuggets. Thank you so much for sharing all of your magic. Is there anything else that you want to leave people with as far as something you want to share? And also where can people find you and check out all of your human design sales, money magic? Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. It's always so fun chatting with you, of course. Um, If I were to leave the audience with one thing, I stumbled across this quote um, a couple of weeks ago and it really resonated with me. So it's not my quote. I'm just putting that out there, but it was stay committed to the goal long after the mood that you set it in has left. Right. And it's like, if you say you're going to build this business when it gets hard, remember that you committed to that. If you say you want to find love, remember that you committed to that when it gets hard, like all of the things, right? So just stay committed. Um, Trust yourself, surrender to the process. That's the messiest part. And yeah, so you can find me on my podcast, Manifest Mad Money. My website is manifestmadmoney.com or on Instagram, manifest underscore mad underscore money. Awesome. Thank you so much, Yolanda. I'll leave all those links in the show notes for everyone too, and tag us when you listen. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day. 